0: Almighty God, you made this holy night shine with the brightness of the true light. Grant that here on earth we may walk in the light of Jesus' presence, and in the last day wake to the brightness of his glory. For your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told. them. When we consider the Nativity story from Luke, the word manger shows up three separate times. Clearly, it's important, given the space limitations Luke and the other gospel writers were dealing with. The assumption that we bring to this text is that the manger is serving as a crib for Jesus. Consider the beloved carol, Away in a Manger, that we will almost all certainly sing or hear on Christmas Eve. Away in a manger, no crib for a bed. The little Lord Jesus laid down his sweet head. It's a touching image. Jesus's parents making do with what they have to care for their child, and the animals selflessly giving up their dining area to make it happen. As touching as it is, it's also quite wrong. Sorry to interfere with a beloved Christmas Carol. The challenge with reading the manger as a crib comes in the fact that cribs as we know them weren't invented until the 17th century. And while babies were from time to time put into baskets, you can think Moses here, or other such arrangements, the normal practice for sleeping in the first century among poor communities like Mary and Joseph belonged to was to hold their children. So Jesus' crib, was not an animal's feeding trough, but rather the arms of Mary and Joseph. So then what do we make of the manger? It's important being mentioned three times. To drill down to its true meaning we must consider the unique and important role that Bethlehem played in the life of the Jewish people and their temple worship. One of the roles played by Bethlehem was to provide lambs for the temple sacrifice two a day were needed for the temple. One is the first sacrifice of the day and the other is the last. That's, 300 and, that's 730 lambs a year. Likewise, lambs were needed for each family that could afford one for Passover. So this was a big operation for Bethlehem to provide these lambs. It's almost certain that the shepherds who came from the fields that first Christmas night were tasked with this purpose of providing lambs for the temple. But it wasn't just a matter of mass producing these lambs. These were special lambs. They needed to be without blemish. One of the most common ways that lambs would blemish themselves was in birth, thrashing around on their wobbly, never-before-used legs. So the shepherds had methods of ensuring that their work was not in vain. As soon as a lamb was born, the shepherd would scoop it up, wrap it in bands of cloth, and lay it in a manger to allow time to calm down and to acclimate to the world. Then off it could go on its preparatory journey toward becoming a sacrificial lamb to bear the sins of a family for a year. God would pass over that family because of the lamb. Imagine with me those shepherds' reactions when the angel appeared to them. Growing up there, they no doubt took great pride in raising up lambs for the temple sacrifice. It was an added measure of pride, no doubt, knowing that Bethlehem was the great King David's hometown, that he shared their profession, and that one day David's heir, the Messiah, would come from there. And on that sleepy night, an angel appears to them to tell them it's happened. And curious thing, he was wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. That's their practice for raising up lambs for the temple sacrifice. What could this be? Their Messiah, King David's heir, wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger? It's no wonder they all went with haste to see this thing that had happened. We have the benefit of being on the other side of the story that was still unfolding on that night 2,000 years ago. Jesus is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin, not just of one family and not just for one year. No, Jesus is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin Jesus came not just to deal with sin. He came also to be God with us, Emmanuel, going on the journey with us, satisfying us for the days ahead. All throughout the scriptures, they reveal a deep hunger that humanity has that isn't satisfied. Adam and Eve with the fruit, Moses declared that we don't live by bread alone. Isaiah declares that too often we spend our money on food that does not satisfy. Jesus says that if we come to him, we will not hunger. And then on the night in which he was betrayed, he took bread and broke it and said this is my body for you. And then took wine and said this is my blood for you. But long before there was that night, there is this night with a baby a sacrificial lamb wrapped in cloth lying in a manger, a feeding trough where God's creatures come to eat and be satisfied. Bethlehem in Hebrew means house of bread. So in this night we find the bread of life lying in a feeding trough in a place known as the house of bread. There's a great hunger in our world today, a hunger for meaning and identity, A hunger to overcome shame and despair a hunger for that which truly satisfies and on this night we pause to consider the one named jesus who was laid in a manger a sign that he would once and for all deal with our sin and shame and satisfy our deep hunger for the journey ahead now let me end by redeeming that carol away in a manger where we began While the beginning may be inaccurate, the conclusion is a beautiful prayer for us and for the whole world. Be near me, Lord Jesus, I ask you to stay. Close by me forever, and love me, I pray. Bless all the dear children in your tender care, and fit us for heaven.